0: Wait a minute, wait turn a minute, on the radio. On. My radio. homie got a new show and it's time to play it, to play it I hope, right. you hope you got in he talking tune. Bigger talking bigger business. He biz. make a lot of moves. Lot of moves. talking Scott I'm saying Welcome to the minute,
1: Startup Showcase. I'm your host, radio. Scott Catoom. This is TechNori Live from WGN Radio. I am here with Farmers Rich founder, Luke Saunders. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Did I get the name right? Yeah, you did. I have to Perfect. ask after every single time, because at this point, I get everyone's name wrong every time, that it's just like, I just ask. I, I assume we had a guy on a week ago whose name, from everything I can imagine, should have been Coughlin, but it was Coughlin. Like, I can't even get the freebies. (laughs) It's just ridiculous. Well, Luke Uh,
0: Saunders, you got it.
1: Well, I got that, so we got a great start going for... Uh, those that have not listened to the Startup Showcase version of the show, the cool part is that Luca's is going to sit down and talk about Farmer's Fridge. We're going to talk about entrepreneurship and tech in Chicago, but we're also going to have a call in uh, from a company that is equity crowdfunding. So Luke and I are going to decide if we want to invest our own personal money, and you can advise uh, and invest your own personal money uh, listening to this uh, founder. Pre from Prima Donna is going to be calling in. You can go to republic.co backslash Prima Donna, spelled P-R-E-E-M-A-D-O-N-N-A, and you can actually invest as little as $10, as much as 10000 help them raise their their uh, seed funding and get things off the ground here. Uh, so this is going to be an exciting show. But before we get to the call-in startup showcase event, let's talk a little bit about Farmer's Fridge. For those of you listening, you probably know Farmer's Fridge if you've been to any of the 7-Elevens and just all around the, all around the city of Chicago. And uh, I'm not sure where else there are Farmer's Fridge, but uh, we will get to that. Uh, Luke, where what exactly is Farmer's Fridge for those who do not know?
0: Uh, So Farmer's Fridge is our effort to make fresh, healthy food accessible to as many people as possible. And what that actually looks like is these really fancy uh, vending machines that we put around Chicago. So we think of ourselves as restaurant quality food um, in a micro automated restaurant format. Yep. Um, and they are
1: great, by the way. I will I will tell you as a person who, who does use them. Uh, there's one on it's in the 7-Eleven on Adams, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, and that's where I park across the street, <clears throat> so whenever I'm on the way back to the to the car after work, I usually pop some pop the cart in there and pull out some food, and that's my my ride home. So as a person who actually uses and eats the food, I can attest that it's awesome.
0: Yeah. No, that's awesome. We um, we started about four and a half years ago, and the whole idea was. Uh, if you could rethink the supply chain for a fresh, healthy meal, what would it look like? How would you make food um, better and more convenient for consumers? And so it's great to hear that you're actually just like working that into your everyday routine, stopping by. Um, you know, we're in 7-Elevens, but we're also in like lobby of office buildings, universities, hospitals, um, the airport now at O'Hare. Um, so we really try to just be where the consumers are and give them an option that's 24-7 access to food they can trust.
1: So depending on how many, like I would love to take our own space and build it out and eventually add kind of a co-working component and have more than just the four or five or six or seven of us that there are. Um, How much does it cost for me as a business to bring something like this? I don't know if you can can answer this question, but like how much does it cost to bring – Let's put it this way. If I, if I wanted to have you, instead of stealing it from the Seven Eleven on Adams and wheeling
0: it down the street into my office, what would it take <laughs> it would for me to hard. get, I used to to get one, one of these myself, so Yeah, I'm I not. bet. Um, no. we Typically, um, the way that our business model marks, it works is we actually place the fridge. Uh, we do all the work. So we, we make food every day. We deliver food five days a week in most locations, seven days a week in places like the airport. Yep. Um, and consumers show up and buy it. So it doesn't cost the businesses anything as long as there's enough people for us to make it worth setting up the fridge and delivering the yeah. food every day, uh, we just do it at no charge. There are examples of certain offices where it's more of an amenity for the workers. Like so they're, they're paying
1: they're, you and saying, I just want it to be free. I don't yeah, want people exactly. To to they'll,
0: they'll give a coupon program to their employees or uh, just pay for the food in the fridge. So we've, we've done that in a few cases, uh, but 95% of the time we want to put it in a place where Uh, anybody can access it so like the lobby of an office building or the airport where it's open to the public and it's just there 24 hours a day
1: so tell me a little bit about the food supply chain part of this uh you know one of the this is going to be kind of weird probably sounding although maybe not who knows we're going to find out a lot about you luke um this reminds me of demolition man you're a demolition have you seen demolition man you're missing out it's wesley snipes it's sly stallone it's the future. Okay. All it's, right. now, it's I mean, L.A., like San Diego, Santa Monica Metroplex. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's amazing, and uh, it's very, very tremendous. I haven't done a Trump joke in a while, <laughs> so that's out there. Uh, but the bottom line is they they simplified everything. So like when you go in, you know, anywhere, you can just get your food right out of a vending machine, mm-hmm. with the exception of Taco Bell, because Taco Bell is the only fast food chain that made it through this Apocalypse grand earthquake oh, epic place. You know, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they got the well, nacho strong fries. Survive, right? yeah. 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 So we got that. But the, the thing is. I've always thought that was a great idea, but the ability to get high quality food that was not vending machine food—that's mm. been the part that's always been a, a trouble. And that's where when I first saw your product, I was like, "I want to." It's like like freshie annoys me. I I can't. And so I'm like, I want to do this because it looks better than freshie, and freshie annoys me. But I just like it's in a vending machine. I don't know if this is gonna like do it. And when I opened it up and I ate the food, I was like, "Holy shit!" This is, legi- it's like, re- it is legitimately, like, if you go to the Soho House and they've got their, like, bar there that you can order your own stuff, it is, that's how good it is. And so I, I have to know, like, how are you able to continue to bring very, very high quality, we're looking at the food right now, he brought in some stuff. Like, you've got the Pesto Pasta Bowl. When was this
0: made? Um, within the last... 18 hours. Okay. Yeah, it's it's sort of the end of the day today. So yeah. and So, the a so we're at the worst case. Yeah. yeah. So we're at the
1: worst case. And I'm going to tell you right now, looking at it, the tomatoes are still crunchy looking. Mm-hmm. The oil is at the bottom, but not like disgusting. If you go to Mariano's right now and go to get the like, the like their sun, whatever sun style pesto, mm-hmm. it looks like shit. It looks like super like... Like, just it, it do, just does, it doesn't look very yeah, good.
0: I, without commenting on anyone else's food, I think what we try to do um, <laughs> is we, we've changed the supply chain process and we put a lot of care. So, one of the things when we actually talk to our consumers, it's amazing, they actually feel like we care about them yeah. because they can pick up things like that. Um, Southwest salad right there has green avocados in it, and the way that we're able to do that is um, we prep the food right on the line. So essentially we make it exactly like you would make it in a restaurant. You have um, people that are cutting open avocados and putting them right into the jar, closing it up and putting it yep. um, out for customers to buy. Um, so everything is, is really made as fresh as possible. So when you go to the grocery store, part of the issue is actually that food can be like a week old. Yes. So It's it, already it, old it, before yeah. it's pr- so processed Exactly. For food. So if it's made off site and then they have to get it distributed and get it to the store and then get it out on the shelf. And so by the time you buy it, it could be four or five days old. Yeah. Um, our product. The whole idea from the beginning was how do we build a whole company around this idea, to get consumers a high quality meal faster. Um, and so we will make the food all night. We put it on the truck, and you get it that morning. And and really, we haven't changed that from day one. How many states are you in? Uh, we're in two. We're in Chicago and Milwaukee. Okay. Um,
1: so is the food? Pro- do you have a processing plant in place in Milwaukee, and then one here, or? Or how, I guess that my question there is sort of how would you, how do you maintain this quality as you grow to, to different cities?
0: Yeah. So the the thing I rack my brain about is, is how do we scale this quality? The whole yep. point of this business is bringing restaurant quality. It's called food. farm to fridge. So yeah, yeah you have exactly. to scale this properly. Right. Yeah. It has to be. Um, and I wanted to be one of the first food businesses. You know, you always hear the story where, oh, they had like one location, the food was so good. And then they uh, had two yep. and it was pretty good. And like now they have 10 and it's just not as good anymore. Yep. Um, so how do you create a business model where you can scale really high quality fresh food? And uh, one of the ways we do that is by making everything in one place. Yep. So actually all the food um, for Chicago and Milwaukee is made here. And then we distribute it same day. So someone leaves on a truck, goes up to Milwaukee, fills all those for distribution. So you could do into. regional hubs then. Yeah, exactly. So yep. it's a regional hub. Um, we actually, we source some products from Milwaukee and then put them in our products and send them back. It's yeah. really cool. But um, yeah, the whole idea is you have one centralized production facility. And really skilled workforce in there, we train them how to do, you know, hand cut all the lettuce, wash everything. Like it's a very um, high end operation that allows us to keep that quality as we grow. So actually, I think the quality of our product has improved. Yeah, um, which is awesome. The operational discipline that we can now have with 120 fridges instead of two.
1: And my follow up to that is another sales pitch, whether it's just for shits and giggles or it's a real thing down the road is the the farm to part. The fact that I know it's local farm or it's this or that or whatever. I don't do you guys source from local and you know where you're sourcing from now, or is that something that you could in the future do regionally source stuff? Now there's a little quality control issues there that you have to deal with, but for the mo you know, something goes out, doesn't grow in Arizona today, and then you got trouble. Um, but in general, could you do it where People locally knew that they're getting locally harvested, locally cooked, locally prepared stuff, which I think is a great upsell if you can do
0: it. Yeah. So um, we our product is very unique of 140 SKUs at least that we carry just to make. That's the, a lot. Yeah. Twenty five SKUs that we actually sell. Yeah. Um, and so we really leverage the business model to bring customers unique ingredients like pistachios um, or dried cherries. Um, in the summer, we'll, we'll contract with the local farm to do peaches. Um, so. The issue is with 140 SKUs, you can't buy everything locally. Correct. And so what we really focus on is um, local partnerships where it's really critical ingredients. So something like um, a dairy product that's just a local farm. We went up there, we looked at the cheese, we loved the cheese. Um, But what we're more focused on is actually transparency in the supply chain. So last summer we had an MBA intern come in and map our entire supply chain, all 140 ingredients, exactly where they came from. And over the course of this year, we're actually going to be starting to make that a real live thing that people can actually look at. So you can see down to the ingredient where every single thing came from.
1: I am blanking on the name of the company that we're in here. Uh, It's a female founder who built, you probably know this person who came on uh, that, that started essentially the whole job is that, that they source it all back up for thinking of the same person. You should definitely use that business because it is, it's a game changer in tracking business without you going bananas, trying to track down your bananas.
0: Yeah, exactly. So there's a few different options, but our goal is actually to, to give consumers, um, access to that information. Yeah. Um, and we do use a fair bit of local products. So, um, you can actually check our website. We do highlight those and it's not just, um, locally grown products, but we use, for example, uh, Uh, I Heart Quinoa is uh, a local CBG company that actually imports uh, Bolivian heirloom quinoa and turns it into cpg products and so we take their quinoa and we cook it and we put it in our southwest quinoa bowl awesome um so it's working with local businesses and not just locally grown products and our,
1: our selfless sponsor bank of america and u.s trust bill uh has texted me to let me know it's farm logics is the company that was in oh US, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Farm we're farm very logics. familiar with farm logics yeah. and actually um, she's amazing
0: have worked with them in the past and um so yeah, great program. Very cool.
1: Uh, well, I have to tell you, it's time to switch over to the startup showcase part of the part of the event. So the okay. ask for yeah. you is going to be to pay attention to this company, their pitch. As an entrepreneur, uh, there's some headphones over here. You should be able to to listen in. As an entrepreneur yourself, you'll know, you know what a good you know what a good pitch sounds like. What what it should be like. So when we put this on here, we're going to find out if you personally would invest. We're going to ask them to get they get three minutes to pitch, and okay. then after that. You and I are going to decide in the closing room whether or not our money goes their way. Okay. So let's rock and roll. <clears throat> Pri, are you there?
2: I am here, Sam.
1: Awesome. This is Scott. Sam's the producer who gets you all situated. Sam <laughs> Sam is waving to you right now. Uh, we've got you on the show. Uh, right now, we've got Luke Saunders, the founder of Farm Fridge. who farms Farmers Fridge, sorry. Okay, uh, you got my name right. Yeah, I got the name right. So the rest of it doesn't yeah. even matter. Um, so Farmers Fridge, who is a Chicago based founder, uh, and we are going to listen to your pitch. And then we're going to decide if we want to throw some cash towards your pitch. And of course, the audience can do the same by going to republic.co backslash. Is it just prima donna? Is that the, the link?
2: You got it. Prima donna. And it's that's too confusing just go to
1: nailbot.com nailbot.com Please can't be beat that uh, so you've got you've got some some traction already I mean you you've, you've raised some money already you know committed to the to the campaign on Republic uh, you've gotten some media coverage for this it's a very cool idea uh, from my vantage point but Luke does not know what it is so what we're gonna do is set you up uh, you've got three minutes starting in about 10 seconds. To pitch exactly what this is, here's what we're looking for. We're looking for why you created it, how it works, and what you need from the community to be able to make this a
2: hit. All right? All
1: right. You ready to go? I'm ready. Fire away.
2: I'm Pri Walia. I'm the CEO of donna and we are a technology company really built with and for the next generation of girls. First up, we're changing the way that you do your nails and disrupting the $15 billion nail care industry with the Nailbot. The Nailbot prints Custom art directly from your smartphone onto your nail in less than five seconds. So it really turns your smartphone into a portable personal nail salon. There are three main steps. First, you prep your nail. We recommend a light-colored base coat to really make that art pop. Now it's time to personalize all through our Nailbot mobile app. So it's a connected device. You pair your your the mobile app to the Nailbot, and you choose what you want to print. We use a back-facing camera to size your fingernail. Make sure that we get the art just right. Step three: tap print, and in about five seconds, that image appears directly on your nail. So the Nailbot is this very clever robotic manicurist, but it really is powered by an art marketplace and our community of co-creators and makers. We call ourselves prima donnas and so we are yep we are going to market and a direct to consumer way, really a grassroots way. We've got about thirty three thousand people signed up on the Nailbot waitlist, all eagerly you know, one in the Nailbot. 1300 volunteer ambassadors they're mainly pre-teen and teen prima donnas um, and we really have some great partnerships and we were recently part of l'oreal's beauty accelerator we're backed by halogen ventures jesse drapers on our board and we were finalists on meet the drapers um, i think i may have a few more minutes left but my background is in connected hardware i worked for an led lighting control startup uh, but I started my career really building campaigns from ground up, um, and I was a gender studies minor. So my passion really has been building with and for girls. My co-founder, Casey, she's a roboticist, built spacecraft, um, quadcopters, fluid dispensing robots, undergraduate degree from Santa Clara, master's from Carnegie Mellon. We really are a hustler-hacker team. Um, but the magic of our community and our company is really the girls. We're very Gen Z, young millennial-focused. Um, and that's Prima The The Nailbox the first product, but we are disrupting the entire creative expression economy with other printing applications
1: and if my research is correct you're also a northwestern alum so go cats
2: <laughs> i'm a northwestern undergrad alum and i went to graduate school at the university of chicago well so you can't
1: be perfect I know all the
2: chicago
1: time will. <laughs> um, <clears throat> no I, I love this and I, I made a joke to luke earlier about his business and referred to it to a movie so i'm gonna give you a movie as well this is like total recall have you at least seen total recall luke yes okay
2: i have when the girl's
1: painting her nails with a digital pen that's what this is You got it. Awesome. Uh, Luke, do you have any questions off the top just from the pitch?
0: Um, Yeah, just so to be clear, this is something that a consumer would buy and keep in their house and just to accessorize their nails, not a commercial solution for a nail salon. Really cool. So it yeah.
2: definitely is a consumer-oriented device. Um, we believe the magic of this phone being the controller makes this affordable and accessible. That said, nail salons we do see wanting the Nailbot, a version of the Nailbot. Um, but we really have to price it appropriately for that nail salon. So many are owned by you know mom and pop shops, that don't want you know a five hundred dollar device. They want something sub two hundred bucks.
1: So I'm going to follow up with with one piece here because the first thing that hit me when I saw this, other than Total Recall, uh, was Keurig. This reminds me of the Keurig for fingers. So if I wanted to create a device that was one-stop shop, could do all these different things, and if you wanted to buy the ink and the things that make this work absolutely the best, taste the best, so to speak, like Keurig would have, uh, you have control over what the shape and size of the packages and products are. So essentially you end up owning a good portion, more of a portion of the market than you would traditionally just having the, the little device. Uh, is that something that you are you are aiming at? Am I on target here?
2: Yeah. So let me clarify a bit. So it's basically how do we make money, and how does this get into our vision for the nail? That was my sly so way made... of
1: asking that yes. question. Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. So we really generate money in three ways, right? From the hardware, from the mobile, and from the consumables. Um, and the hardware, I'm talking about the entire Nailbot kit. So our first generation Nailbot, you know, our Gen One Nailbot. Is a very clever kind of mobile printer, and we are using thermal inkjet technology. So the consumable is an inkjet cartridge, but it's not. It, the cartridge is going to last for around 30,000 prints. The magic is really in that mobile experience. So we have about a 30% consumer electronics margin on the hardware kit. On the mobile side, you're looking at more of a 50 to 70% margin. Think of it more like Netflix for nails, yep, where you're streaming art on demand. And the consumables in kind of those early generation nail bots, it's not necessarily going to be the ink. If the girls want to replace the ink, it's probably going to last for about a year and a half. The magic is actually in the pre print print coats, The um, it which just proprietary, the, the wipes that come with the kit, because we know the usage of the nail bond. Down the road, what you're asking is, can I automate the polish change? Can I go from art to full polish with a one-time use application? Absolutely. We're really seeding the market for that application, but we've got to get it just right sure. before we release it. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. I, t- I totally get it. I love it. And, you know, actually, when you were saying this, it, it sort of hit me. Uh, that uh, one of the downfalls for not Keurig necessarily because they built a great brand that they've been able to continue to uh, innovate upon, uh, but some of the other brands that actually before Keurig started the space, one of their downfalls was the being being able to or being unable to predict what the use case would be and how much people would drink and how much they would use and how many different skews of things that they would taste and want to you know want to touch. Uh, and for this, the fact that you actually make your money not trying to predict necessarily how much, you know, you don't have to sell different kinds of ink daily, mm-hmm. weekly, monthly. You actually sell different print designs that they get on the app, which costs exactly. you nothing other than, you know, whatever your designer costs.
2: Yeah, and, you know, I think one of the key things for us is while the nail care market is huge, you know, just like the coffee coffee market, the nail care market's $15, $15 billion globally, but the trends are really driven by an engaged Gen Z demographic. Especially here in the U.S., there are 21 million preteen and teen girls. 92% decorate their nails regularly, and 14% decorate their nails at least once a day. Yep. That's 2.1 million girls in the U.S. that are doing nude nail care, you know, designs and, and hair
1: metal bands. Do not leave out hair metal bands. <laughs> they also do nails.
2: They, that exactly that kiss. is, kiss is, is, is like so a fifth really year market.
1: You'd you'd do half your half your year's annuals just selling all your product to kiss. He's yeah, still, yeah, still yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I'm still here. I, I say kiss, and everyone disappears. Like, oh man, uh, that didn't go well. Uh, no, I appreciate the the time to pitch in here. I love the idea. Um, where can people go to learn once again to learn more about the product as well as where where can they invest and uh, are there perks and things that you're offering for the investment?
2: Absolutely, Nailbot.com. Should be pretty easy. Nailbot, um, and that will lead you to the right place. So the perks start as little as ten bucks. That means that you get priority on that thirty thousand person waitlist um, for pre-sales, all the way up to five thousand bucks. So if you if you um, put in twenty five bucks, you get ten percent off of the nailbot hardware kit for pre-sale. So it will be ten percent off of one ninety nine, one hundred ninety nine US dollars. Um, if you put in a thousand bucks, you actually get one of our early nailbots. Um, along with equity in the company, and at $5,000, you get some added perks of direct contact with me. Um, but we, you're really joining some great investors that we already have in our cap table, including Tim Draper, Jesse Draper, Helen Greiner. She was the inventor of the Roomba. You may have that yep. that vacuum cleaner in your house.
1: We want iRobot, uh, but we I went- love Roomba. <laughs>
2: Yeah, exactly. iRobot, yeah. Um, And, you know, we went through a hardware accelerator called Hacks, so my co-founder and I really did spend about six months in Shenzhen, China, understanding what it takes to manufacture at scale, and we have a very strong team here. Uh,
1: I want to say this without the fact of sounding condescending. You guys sound amazing. Your pitch was amazing. It was one of the best ones I've actually had on the show. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, You have your stuff together like no one's business, so I just want to give you a preemptive congratulations on the success up to this point, because... Uh, you are – w- I'm very impressed. So I just wanted to say that and not sound like an idiot.
2: Thank you very much. We appreciate it. But we need everybody to go get themselves a nail bot.
0: <laughs> so. sales I, I've, got, I've got three nieces. I'm on it. Oh, yeah, we're going to get <laughs> started. Very
1: cool. Pre. thank you so much for taking the time.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it, guys. Yep, have thank a great
1: you. day. You too. Bye-bye. All right, Luke, where are we at? Do you think uh, – Would you put your money in this is the question.
0: Well, I think one one really important question with uh, with where you put your money is what what's the potential return, right? Yeah. So we didn't get uh, the valuation question.
1: Yeah. So I, well, here I'll fill you in. And for yeah, those but who if you are have that information. Uh, yeah. So when you go to republic.co, you can actually look at the term sheet. Okay. So they great. have uh, a cap top, ta- like a cap tap, where like you can't. This is as high as we go. Cap valuation is as high as it goes, um, and sort of the terms of the agreement. Okay. Uh, when you put your money in, it's a crowd safe. Okay. So essentially, like a safe agreement. Yep. And the, the terms basically go one of two ways. Uh, either we decide that based on an investment of this size, you are first out and you get paid at this discount that you were set in at, or B, uh, we sell the company and you get your money, or uh, <coughs> C, you don't because we're, we're dead. We're out. <laughs> we, we just got crushed. Got it. Uh, um, we, we went Toys R Us on this.
0: And so the safe agreement, what's the discount on that? Or
1: Yeah, so it, it would be a cap valuation. So they would set it and say, let's say it's a $3 million valuation, Okay. and they gave you- uh, they opened up three percent of the shares of the company, and so a thousand people put in any variance between ten dollars and ten thousand dollars. Whatever amount of money you put in is how much percentage pro rata you have of that of that three percent opened up to the CrowdSafe. So when a payment comes and they go at a three million dollar valuation, we raise money at five or whatever it is, you'd get everything over.
0: Okay, got it. Um, yeah. So I think in, in full disclosure, I'm not an investor. I'm an entrepreneur. So Everybody's an investor. <laughs> That's the key here. We're turning everyone um, into an investor. Now. But but I think, I mean, just You've really, spent 10 bucks on shittier stuff. Yeah, I'm exactly. Sure. I think the answer, the short answer is yes. I think it's a, it sounds like a great idea. It seems like the execution has been really superb up to this point. Yep. Um, the pitch was incredible and, and it just seemed, I was taking a quick look at the website and the team looks really strong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for a three-minute uh, intro and a quick browse of the website, I'm certainly on board. See, and like um, what I wanted the, you here i the documentation her. and things like that, but I'm excited. I think they have a real business.
1: I, I agree. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you in on this is like my, my job is to look at these things and be like, and not that you can't do this too, everyone can do this, is to look at the idea and the thing and hear the pitch and be like, wow, it sounds cool, reasonable, I understand it, I can relate to it. Uh, but you as a founder who's going through the process of, of making sure you've got a cook staff and making sure that you can scale things and making sure everything is done in a certain level degree of you know mitigating error errors and things like that. When you hear a founder come in and they're like, "Doom, doom, 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 doom," got all these things, it's
0: like, "Wow." Yeah, right. The so, execution yeah. and something that difficult. Um, so they they've built a real physical product which I can identify with. Um, that is not easy to do. Uh, they nailed the branding and and clearly have raised uh, a lot of money on just Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I think it's an exciting product, and you know it's tough for me because as an entrepreneur, you always uh, you're always going out, you're selling the vision. You want people to see something that doesn't exist, yes, right? But then as an investor, I think, well, you know, I'd really want to try that thing before I invested. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But as far as what I can get out of pitch, I think I think it's a good business, and I would definitely put a little bit of money into that.
1: Uh, Yeah, I feel like it's fun. Uh, So I'm I'm in. You're in. I'm in. Uh, I'll go ahead and put some cash into this. Uh, I won't. I won't make you do it. We'll so, do it. On so we'll do it together,
0: now. and then we'll track it. We'll we'll grab a drink every once in a while. See how we it's can going. absolutely do. Yeah. It. I'm going to share
1: it on Facebook. So I'll put it. You know, I'll probably put like a hundred bucks in or something okay. like that. And then
0: hopefully my wife's not listening because I have to ask her first. Obviously. Well, of course I assume.
1: Yeah. I'm not married yet, so I, I still can yeah. just freely piss all my money. It's right ten dollars. I can
0: probably get away with. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, it's better <laughs> than a pack of cigarettes. Uh,
1: at any rate, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, I hope you enjoyed, you know, kind of sitting on the other side of the table as an investor for a minute also. Uh, We'll share the information on uh, Prima Donna on NailBot.com, but also we want to talk about sharing the fact that people should check out Farmer's Fridge. So where do people go to not only check out what you do and what you've got, but also go and pick themselves some food up?
0: Yeah, so you can find us at uh, over 120 locations in Chicago and Milwaukee. Uh, We're also at the O'Hare Airport, in case you're not from Chicago and just traveling through. I um, encourage you to download the app. You'll get 50% off and be able to see all the locations in the city, and it'll actually take you to the closest location. Um, you can see the locations on our website or go to our website and sign up and get 50% off. And then we also have a code for our existing uh, customers that are listening, which is WGN10. You'll be able to use that to get 10% off uh, anytime very cool
1: awesome Luke thanks so much for taking the time yeah
0: thank you for having me on Appreciate of course
1: it. you can catch this episode and more at technori.com, download the podcast on iTunes and stay connected by following us on Facebook and Twitter at TechNori, or follow me at Katoon boom that's a wrap